Hello and welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're here to discuss The Bear, Season 2, Episode 7. Forks, written by Alex Russell, directed once again by Christopher Storer. I'm pretty sure he directs the remainder of the season. He indeed does. I do love his directing style, so I am happy to see him take a a far more active role with the rest of the episodes because he only did the first and second episode and then three four and five were directed by others not to say that they were bad or anything like that but I do have a, a soft spot for his directing style it very much fits the tone of the conveying message and I think that that is something that really differentiates this show from others because they do use music as well as the atmosphere to tell the story just as much as the dialogue and the actions. It is very hot 83 degrees today in Ohio and I turned my fan off you're welcome. And now I'm fucking burning up. <laughs> I'm dying. Help me. So let us jump right into it. I did not catch the name of this coach that's doing the interview, but he does have life words of wisdom. And Sydney has been reading his book. And he talks about leadership, how you surround yourself with a good team, good people, Listen, you're not going to learn with just talking. Amen to that shit. And when you do talk, converse, figure out a solution. Don't want everyone to come around to your way of things. Truly figure out things, trying to incorporate as many ideas as possible for the best outcome. The voiceover is coinciding with Sydney at the restaurant. She's trying out new shrimp recipes. She's reviewing every change of the operation. And he follows up with, you don't have to do it by yourself. Sidebar. Well, I'll save that sidebar for later, actually. But this is an interesting choice to open with because when you hear these things and you're talking about leadership you would think that we would be referencing Carmine who is the leader of this business but just as we're seeing in the show it's actually Sydney stepping into or evolving further into her uh, managerial and executive chef is that the correct terminology position and she's growing and this is synchronized with that so i'm just i just took note of that particular choice to frame this uh interview around her instead of the person we would expect Cut to Richie, who has to get up at the crack of dawn and stage at a restaurant, one of the best restaurants. On Forks, he sees above the clock, there's a sign that says every second counts. This is something that has been behind the scenes, set up by Carmine. And I'm happy that we didn't have to see Like that is one of the best things ever is when you don't need to see the unnecessary drama just for people to understand. Yeah, I like when stories and TV shows and movies treat me like I'm an adult. (laughs) And if you really needed to see that happen, well, then that's because you need a lot spelled out to you and unfortunately <laughs> that's a life skill you might need to work on 
I don't know how to say that kindly. <laughs> if you couldn't put that two and two together before you even got to the end of this episode. That felt mean, but necessary. Despite being told to change, he still is coming into this restaurant, stodging with the beef attitude, which is further emphasized by the beef undershirt that he's wearing. We meet Garrett, who is, what was his job? I wasn't sure. Front of house. He tells him he's on forks. He's here due to cousin's mandate, wonders how long he has to stay cleaning forks, which Garrett points out he isn't even doing properly since they're still straight. The big boss, Terry, is always watching because he wants to know where, where the big boss is, but she always has her eye on things. And that's one of the best bosses when you don't need to micromanage your staff you simply allow them to manage each other and only get involved when it's necessary. Trust in your team builds trust and accountability between your team. This is good, though, for Richie because it forces him to have a structure, a routine, a reason to wake up in the morning with a planned out duty to adhere to instead of what has been his life for gosh only knows let's say the past couple of years because we the job thing with the uncle wasn't this because I was kind of lost a little bit on what job came first but it's only after he lost the job with with the uncle, did he go work with Mikey at the bear? Because I had to rewatch that episode. I know I said I wouldn't rewatch it, but I had to because I knew there was some information I had missed. I didn't watch every scene, but just a few of the, the talking scenes that had dialogue that kind of was distracting me with the dinging. But yeah, he's been in tune to rolling out of bed with whatever time because there's no there's no set time to be at the beef probably like be here by 10 but not in a way that is fully prepared to open and be the best business it needs to be it just feels like it was a front for cocaine to be honest and he comes into the restaurant and he treats it like it's a social club instead of an actual place of employment and here There are expectations of you and those are expected to be delivered, which is why he has to keep redoing the forks. He's also seen, though, and becoming interested because when you're doing something so very boring, how can you not look around and become a little fascinated of what's happening around you? Like, oh, that looks pretty sweet. That looks dope. How the fuck do you do that? What are you doing over there? Meanwhile... The beef or the bear is getting a much needed personality break. And I think that that is why he said he wasn't sent away for that purpose. Mayhap settled things down so that more progression could be made, particularly with Natalie. Because Richie was pretty much running her ragged. Four weeks till open. Can I wash dishes or something? (laughs) Richie was only stodging at this place a week. I didn't put a pause there, but that was our time frame. It is four weeks till they open. Richie is ready to contribute in other ways, but he still can't do his one simple task easily. And Garrett isn't amused or willing to have insulting matches in a public place of business hint hint wink wink so he asked him outside to deal with this attitude and disrespect and now let me get in my truck because all them bitches are catching garrett tells him look i love my job i love coming into this restaurant it's one of the best restaurants in the world actually it was uh it won best of the world restaurant right in the same year that it opened it has maintained three stars and has had a waiting list 
of 5,000 people for 12 years. You don't have that without a fine attention to detail in every detail. So no, I cannot have you having forks out there with a little bit of shine or a little bit of smudge in it because because he never did he do the smudge <laughs> that was the funniest scene of the episode <laughs> because of the repercussions that it really does have on their business and this is the business that we have every day here is the super bowl all i do is win 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 no matter what one they do really well with one-off characters because garrett was everything i loved him even when he was rooting for him later on that's my boy but how he gets through to him is respect me respect the staff and respect yourself stop pretending this is all you are or all you can offer because if it is then you wouldn't have even showed up he needs to allow himself to open to the experience at a team huddle, I know there's another word for this, but that's what I'm used to having these group conversations called. So I'm going with it. Richie takes note of the person taking notes and of the words being said. There are two teachers that they found on their social media account have saved up for their experience here. And not only does the I'm not sure what his job was but the guy that was talking he intends to wow them by not charging them using social media platforms to make everyone's experience unique is how you remain top tier like you go that extra fucking mile there's these techniques we do also in our job but because <laughs> unfortunately everyone doesn't implement these things uh and i'm not trying to put myself on a high horse i don't either every once in a while I would like when a conversation i had actually notated because the one lady was like oh i've been with you guys for years and i'm like yeah seven years because i did look at how long she was here for because i have to look at that information and it clicked in my mind right before i was talking to her but it is something that is supposed to be acknowledged on every call is thanking the person for the years that they've been with the company mind you years with an s because everybody be getting in there for the first that first six months <laughs> thank you for your one month no that's not relevant but if you're in your you know second or even like a milestone year second hey you decided to stay with us five woohoo you know and after that point like to the eight nine ten if it if you can find a way to put it in there it is just an easy way to wow someone that's customer service someone also at this meeting hasn't owned up to the smudge and it's not that someone made a mistake i love how they presented this mistakes happen we're not children but taking responsibility matters. Everyone still remained quiet. And since it happened two days ago, and Richie over there with that look, the motherfucker guilty. I think this guy was the chef de cuisine. He comes in with new changes on the menu. He asks about the smudge problem and how it has caused additional problems for front of staff before he looks at Garrick and says fuck you Garrick yes fuck me <laughs> it's like Garrett Garrett is the punching bag and he allows it to be taken and then he he uh he walks out <laughs> just thought that was hilarious Tiffany then calls him on his break she is engaged now to Frank even though he clearly still has feelings for her he got those Taylor Swift concert tickets. He goes, uncle, oh, oh, I got them. And that's true, though. Even if the uncle did procure them for you, you did at least ask. 
in that one incident, I don't think you needed to, you know, to acknowledge that. You can you can definitely say I did this for my baby. But he got an extra ticket hoping that she would come, but she has moved on. But this doesn't cause him to regress, though it clearly hurts him. And they do in the conversation in an adult fashion. These people were married. They were together for a very long time. And they acknowledge, hey, I love you. I love you. These things are not going to change. She said our relationship is not going to change. And I'm like, girl, who are you lying to? (laughs) You know, relationship go change. Maybe not drastically, but it's going to change. But he doesn't. This is another person moving on in their life while he's stuck. And maybe, maybe I can do something about it. He sees a couple blown away. He sees the couple blown away by the generosity and the complexity of what everyone else is doing while he simply wanders around. And I think that loss of purpose, loss of drive even though notice in this in that scene he did change his blue shirt to his white t-shirt and he'd been wearing that white t-shirt and you ain't gonna convince me he'd been actually fucking washing that bitch more than a week so that he got the idea to change out of the blue shirt get rid of the beef and put on a white shirt underneath was a sign so when Garrett says hey the next day you're going to be what did he say trailing him he uh he kind of earned that so he gets to put on a suit and my man's was looking good i'm bringing sexy back yeah the mother boys don't know how to act yeah i think it's special what's behind your back yeah so i'm turning around and i'll pick up the slack yeah take him to the bridge Okay, I think this is a good time for the sidebar. So (laughs) did I talk about this previously? I may not have. I honestly can't remember about the crack ship of season one was Sydney and Richie. I know I can collectively hear so many gaps and clutching of pearls and hail nose. But let me explain. Let me explain. Some people like the idea of people who can't stand each other and they start to understand each other and then become friends and then they end up accidentally falling in love. That's where the crack ship was born and formulated and some are still crack shipping. Like, no, it's not a main thing. I don't even know if I really want it, but you know, it could be played with. Sure. So when he was dressed up in this suit, I was like, you know, that's uh, that's a point for the crack shipping. That's a point for the crack shipping. Am I necessarily crack shipping? No, because my crack ship has moved on to Luca and Sydney. <laughs> that would cause all types of drama in the in the bakery department. And I'd be so here for it. it could also cause problems in the carmine department for those that are still uh still rooting for that relationship as well that are not still like it's over (laughs) there's a love interest in the season don't know where it goes yet but you get my drift so that's my sidebar sidebar over they communicate passing notes he learns from the driver what the color coordination i'm going to call her the driver because oh wait that's chef jess yes chef jess because she kept giving him looks like she wanted him to come over hey i just met you Not only did she say goodbye, she said, don't be a stranger a second time. The second time. I'm going to really miss you. We'll miss you around here. You was trying to pass him your digits. But 
from her he learns what color coordination means how it keeps them from uh keeps them being organized and on top of things including who eats slow who eats fast and who doesn't like being talked to me at all (laughs) i'm not surprising that would want to be spoken to I don't want you to disappear though, and then I can't find you. And you're gone for 30 fucking minutes like the other waiter. It's like, Jesus. I, I didn't mean take a whole ass lunch break. All of this makes a unique dining experience for the guest. And Chef, she uh she did her thing, didn't she? Girl got things down packed. Richie even figured out the pattern as she as she uh yells out orders and reorganizes based on new information and her kitchen staff have this respect to her by showing that they understand her her uh demands they acknowledge that's the word i was looking for they acknowledge her commands by repeating it back to her so there's no room for a misinterpretation that allergy shit is real too a lot of people have allergies and if you poison them it is not great it's not great at all and i've seen some people in restaurants that i'm not going to name that did not triple check their dishes and he was like hold on bro it's about to kill somebody Richie gets to view the elegant dessert the chef made, which I'm just going to be honest. Some of this shit is so posh that I know while it is fascinating and, and truly a one of a lifetime experience, it also be having me look at it like this shit is nasty. (laughs) I know, I know, I'm so rude. I am so rude. But it did not even look. I was like, what? it's liquid. It's, it's, it reminded me of, and I'm not dissing the dessert. It, I don't know how it tastes. It looked great. But it reminded me of cotton candy hitting some water. And I was not like, like these things, they, they just, they don't impress me in the same manner. That's all I can say. I don't know. I'm a horrible person because I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get, I love food. Just, I'm one of those that probably would go to a place that just, it doesn't need to be. And that's the thing. You have fine dining and then you just have good food, good <laughs> I think I was mentioning that in a previous podcast, like some of the best places that's open for 50 or something years is because, you know, they're good food. They may not have all of the accolades because that's what you're chasing in fine dining. That doesn't mean that you can't have a successful establishment catering to a crowd like me. So Richie mentions that one of the guests, it's her last night in Chicago and she hasn't had deep dish pizza instead of just cooking a deep dish pizza richie has to run and get said pizza bring it back to the chef who transforms the dish and makes it something elevated it's called the surprise and i laughed my ass off when richie's like micro basil fuck yeah Richie is allowed to present it to the table with his own blend of charm and charisma and everything you would want for someone who loves their city. And that is what I've been saying for a while now that Richie has a very unique dynamic that is needed in that restaurant because Natalie is the brains, but she's going to be busy. You know, she, uh, she can help run the accounts and do that but she shouldn't at all be the only one 
having that burden on her because she's got a you know she's about to have a baby it's not to say you can't juggle but i'm sure she does want to be available and not spend all of her time managing and we know the bear is almost a 24-hour fucking thing right now but not only that he is around a lot of very young talented it leads to the conversation that's later had with chef terry but they are very much at a an age where they can be overconfident while they they need someone there that is that has a little bit more experience that can interact with people because carmy and sydney are both not front of the house people and not only that you're you're uh you're bringing in wealth of knowledge in the neighborhood and the history because it's what you have been about for all this time so yeah i always saw that richie had a shit ton of potential particularly at the bear it's just sad that he doesn't see it but he does i believe before the end of the episode he learns the sauces love that scene he asks garrett why he works at a restaurant but doesn't like to cook at 30 years old he admits he had an alcoholism issue he got sober he's healthy and happy but in the process fell in love with the service industry and while it is not quite the medical field they do share hospitality due to their service to others and this is a common thread we have found even luca admitted to having a bit of a troubled past that a lot find like in the military a certain structure in the restaurant industry in the service industry that ends up being um very self-rewarding and that helps with addiction and there's others that would make commentary that in a way a healthier way they are switching one addiction for the other because the kitchen is the kitchen and it's it's uh it can be pretty manic you know you're paying doing 50 hours you're not getting the money that's uh (laughs) that's making all that work seem worth it so what does make it worth it and it is the personal element to it It is the service bit of it garrett admits they will miss him when he gones when he is gone the week is almost done with only one shift left another dodge is coming in and while he richie tries to make an aim to get them to hire him garrett says it's not his call he doesn't see the worth yet of why carmy sent him to this building so when he gets him on the phone he he thinks that he's being sent there for humiliation for going to jail and to get out of everyone's hair because he's annoying but since carmine is dealing with fock who continues to electrocute himself despite being asked to stop it this is a male thing i cannot stand when males do stupid shit like this and then when they really get fucked up they're like oh man you're like well what, didn't i tell you to stop i told you and, and the more it was free it was honestly had my blood boiling <laughs> every time carmen would like stop it and he would just keep on i'm just gonna mess with it they they also failed the fire suppression test once again which is not good and they have only one more try to pass it it's it's um something that plays into how he feels the next morning when he wakes up late back into his bit of depressive mode they also use clocks in last episode uh, with the timer and they used the timer in this episode and they also had his alarm clock he was getting up earlier and earlier he's anticipating and then he wakes up late 
He no longer has that motivating energy. He feels as if now I have to go back to this place where nobody wants me. No one needs me. I don't have, even though it says I got a job anyway, he doesn't consider it his job. He does go in and I was glad to see he finished the, the stodging. But before he left, he did finally clean up because if you want to have pride in yourself, it begins in having pride in, well, not only taking care of yourself, but where you live. <laughs> Some people will come right out of their house, be, be smelling good, fresh. And then you go in their house, you'd be like, ugh. <laughs> nobody, nobody is going to stay over if your place looks like shit. Okay, if you want to bring someone over that's not in their early 20s or you're both in your early 20s and it's a frat house, you might want to clean up, especially being 45 fucking years old. Uh, once again, Chef Jeff says goodbye and he sees a photo of Carmi and Luca while he is searching for for cleaner. That's when he stumbles upon Chef Terry, who is peeling mushrooms, a lot of mushrooms, so that when the guests see them, they know someone spent the effort and invites Richie to join once he asks to do so. We learn a bit of background. Both Chef Terry and Richie's father served, which meant living or growing up was to a certain standard well not only growing up but living and moving around a lot there was a lack of routine lack of security having to reintegrate into new schools new systems and that is probably why he's a very diverse sociable person because he's had to be that way due to his parents background or his father's background she says i know carmine no, I think she says Carmen because <laughs> I was like, uh, am I been saying his name wrong? And it's Carmen and not Carmine. <laughs> and didn't allow the stodging for a favor as she doesn't do favors. So if she doesn't do favors, why did she allow it? Because he's just a good person. And she probably is like, look, if things don't work out, your ass is coming right back here. She talks about time well spent how she was young arrogant chasing accolades feeling invincible overconfident and then she wiped out and she lost everything in a financial crash because she was moving too fast and that's another thing that Sid and Carmi could be wary of is you know they they did take on this huge task of opening a restaurant in 18 months and here he is he, about learning about the the failure of that and why it would fail and that's someone who knows all about being overconfident <laughs> and maybe a little arrogant and she admits at 38 she realized it wasn't too late to start over he thinks at 45 he's already lost everything and he's still relatively young I mean, he's in good health. He needs to stop smoking as much as he does. But other than that, or at least, oh, I heard vaping is just as bad as smoking cigarettes. I'm not judging. I'm just saying if you want to be the healthiest, <laughs> might want to might want to think about your lungs. But yeah, I think that he needed to hear that you can accomplish great things and get a second lease on life, even if it is later in life. And then there is this idea that youth is wasted and that you aren't, not wasted, but sometimes you don't appreciate the things that matter because you think you have all the time in the world, but you don't. And I think that's just something as we get older, everyone, at least most of us, <laughs> um, emotionally mature people 
have that realization. Like I'm 10 times happier, almost 40 than I was at 21 when my body was banging. And (laughs) while I won't say my youth was wasted, it was, it was, it was simply stumbling to one thing to another thing because you do need to figure yourself out. There's always a plan. Someone's got figured out for you, but you know, I don't know if it's inherently possible at such young ages to really know that. And the second and third chapters in your your life can be the best ones. While both aren't close with their dads, it's his death that led to the second change in her life. As she explains, like, how did you get the money to open this place? Well, my dad died. He left a will or, you know, yeah, he left a will or his life insurance. And then my mom put the money into this place. So it's a family business. And while she was packing up his things, she learned the most about him, how he recorded every detail for prosperity to remember it and signed off each time the very same way. At this point, they're interrupted by Schiff. Yes. Who comes in and makes those eyes once again? She's like, boy, you could put that suit back on. Terry affirms that Carmi believes in him. And he's like, how do you know that? Because he told me. He said his best, your best quality is that you are good with people. He thanks Chef Terry for her words of wisdom before he chases after her with what did your dad sign off with before looking up and realizing it was the model she has above, which is every second counts proud of your boy really good episode thoroughly enjoyed it glad richie finally got some self-inspiration he has been working on himself he knows he needs purpose and now he finally understands what it is that no one is not rooting for him that they very much want to at least his family does want to root for him and only want him to get better. And this is a learning. It's a learning experience the same way he sent Marcus away to learn. And it wasn't only until he had this conversation that he fully understood that. And I'm glad that he got it from someone else and it wasn't his cousin sitting him down and needing to spoon feed it to him. Someone that would get to where he is coming from we have feedback let's hop into the mailbag mail motherfucker what up cena it's mimi this is feedback for the bear episode seven of season two um i watched this um last week i just wanted to catch up on all your um podcasts that you did before i sent it and i just finished listening to um episode six um so first before i get into this episode that i didn't think i would like it because it's richie but i actually kind of did um i just want to just talk about six because i i feel can say that I didn't enjoy it. It was not one of my favorite episodes. It was probably my least favorite. Um, but after listening to your podcast, I actually understand why. Um, it was very chaotic, and that's what I explained to you. Like it was making me uncomfortable, giving me anxiety. But I honestly didn't even know why until you brought it up. It's because Donna is my mom. It's that's how she is. That is how she acts. And like. I've said plenty of times, I'm not a nurse practitioner, so I and I can't diagnose as a nurse, um, so I, I don't have any extensive training in psychology um, to where you know I could give a professional opinion and it would count for anything. But just from my personal experience as well as my professional experience dealing with people like Donna, I will say 
I think she might be bipolar. It would explain her mood swings and her, her being up and down. But she definitely has something. And my mother is definitely undiagnosed with something. I know she had postpartum after my little brother was born, and that was something I learned from taking um, my my classes for nursing school. She just had all these symptoms, but back then in the early, no, my brother was born in 1990. That wasn't something that was very well spoken of, especially amongst black people. Um, I think we still have trouble admitting that we have mental health issues in our community, but that's neither here nor there. But watching her erratic behavior, the way she's acting, the way she just has her, like, random bouts of anger, random bouts of sobbing, it is very, very similar to how I grew up, to the point where everybody's walking on eggshells. And that's exactly how it was at that, at that dinner. And that's why I would say, like, I, as an adult now, I'm not going to subject myself to something like that. And I definitely wouldn't bring, like, Derek to something like that. It, it's something, if you grew up with, it's something you never want to deal with again. And the people that experienced it and learned from it, like, I did know that that's not normal. And know that being crazy ain't cute. Yes. And I couldn't watch the episode because it was so much chaos just on top everybody talking on top of each other random fights here there like different people arguing and then uh you know you have the outsiders you know trying to like be respectful and stuff but very uncomfortable all very very familiar very familiar and i didn't like it that explains so much why watching this episode was so hard for me because it, I was triggered and I had I honestly didn't even think about that until you uh, brought it up. I am very far removed from having dinners like that because I learned that I need to put myself first because if I'm not well, I can't take care of Derek. So I don't subject myself to, to my mom very much anymore. I know that's not something a lot of people say, but... I've learned a toxic relationship is toxic no matter if it's a family member or a significant other or a friend, um, a co-worker, you know, if it's unhealthy, it's unhealthy. And the best thing to do is to just remove yourself. So that's what I do. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you, you uh, brought that to my attention. I'm glad you even thought about that being, uh, you know, a possible. Um, I, I'm glad you brought it up about yourself because it, it gave me the forethought to think about it and understand why that scene was so annoying to me and so hard to watch um i guess they did what they came to do and they made us really understand and feel <laughs> what was happening in that house and i will agree with you Jamie Lee Curtis did her thing, but I mean, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Will we expect anything less from her? Her resume is super thick, long, and I, that's why I said come through budget is all I got to say because they really got Jamie Lee Curtis in an episode. Like, I know that shit wasn't cheap. Um, okay, so back to this episode at hand, uh, Seven Forks. I was thinking it was going to be back at the restaurant, but when I saw it, it was like a Richie centered one. It was actually uh, pretty interesting because it made me, when you brought up Richie last time and you said, you know, you know, he used to have ambition and all that stuff. And at some point it clearly, it clearly changed. Um, he is no longer um, ambitious. He's probably just one of those people that got into a situation and it just ended up working out and they're too lazy to change. So it's just stagnant. And that's probably what happened with him and his ex-wife. She was like sick of this stagnant, unmoving, unmotivated type of a relationship. So she had to leave. Um, but what I will say is that Carmi doing what he did, sending him to this restaurant, which I got to say, after seeing the inside, I don't know if they're really like this, but I think I will put eating at a five-star restaurant on my bucket list because that like how like the way it worked the way they went out of their way to be like over the top to these people I've never had service like that I wouldn't even know what to do I've been to some really expensive restaurants like the 
the staff was nice um but I wouldn't say that it was a five-star restaurant like there's no there's no way like they didn't go above and beyond they did what they needed to do and they were nice and that my food was good my food was wonderful you know I I I spent money and I would say it was worth it um but I wouldn't say it was a five-star restaurant but the way that they um did with the deep dish the chicago style pizza went and got them some and then changed it to make it look all fancy and shit like that to me right there like that's some superb eavesdropping um and it made me realize why carmy keeps richie around he's a people person and i'm assuming that that's what mikey was too you know we you know why don't we just utilize him for what he's good at it's like, but he can't be in this restaurant the way he acts because he is um, a bum. And let's just fast forward to the beginning. Like, why Richie thought he was too good to um, buff silverware, will never. I will never understand. Because you have contributed absolutely nothing to this project, sir. Absolutely nothing. You literally get in the way. And all your ideas are trash, and they end up making things worse. So it, it, it kills me that he actually thought that he was too good to buff forks. Just being in this restaurant, sir, is a step up of what you normally uh, do, considering you don't do anything. <laughs> the fact that it took till the end of the episode for him to even clean off the counter in his kitchen was very telling. <laughs> he had been walking by that same trash for a long time. And I was like, dude, are you going to clean up? Are you going to take that trash? Are we going to wipe that counter off? I see, I've been seeing that stain for a couple days. And it just seemed like, well, I guess this is just your life. Um, I liked um, my, one of my favorite uh, like scenes that I really was, wouldn't expect it to, to like was when he was talking about the Taylor Swift tickets. And he started, like, he got the tickets for him and his daughter, but he also got a third one for her. Um, it's clear that he still loves her, his ex-wife, and I don't remember what her name is, but also she seems to care about him. I, I think that she was looking more for security because she, her, her reasoning for marrying the guy who asked her to marry was not like, you know, I love him. He's, um, wonderful to me. She's like, he's, he's a good, he's a good man or something. She said like that. Basically, like, I feel like, He's stable, like he has a good job, he provides for her, and that's something that Richie can't do. And I'm sure that's probably hard for him to, like, to know that, you know, you lost the love of your life because you were unsuccessful and you couldn't take care of them, as opposed to y'all just don't love each other no more. Like, that's got to suck. And that's, and it just, it's very, it explains the way he is a lot. I think some people don't know how to cope with, I guess he doesn't know how to cope with, you know, losing the, his wife, um, not, you know, his, his daughter isn't around him all the time. And, and it's basically because of him, like he just, he lost her because he isn't, he wasn't doing anything. They probably had trouble paying bills and, it was just hard, and, and when you have a kid and you can't even pay bills, you can't. How are you supposed to? How are you supposed to afford daycare? And if you're married, that's two people in the in, like household income. The likelihood of you getting help is very, very slim. I'm not saying that married people can't get help, but I know being married, even if only one person works isn't a qualifying factor and you can't get a second job to make more money if you can't send your child to daycare so you're really just stuck and that's probably what happened um what else the last thing i just want to talk about is um i do hope that you know this thing with richie sticks and the richie we saw at the end of the episode is the richie we're gonna get from now on because i think it will be beneficial to the restaurant um, when he had to talk with that chef and she was like, you know, Carmi believes in you. Um, I hope he heard it and I hope it meant something. And I hope he takes that 
and uses it because otherwise all this will be for nothing. He even called Carmi cursing him out because he didn't understand. But I mean, this was before he actually talked to the chef, chef who um, owned the place and was uh, like talking, talking him up, like talking, talking to him about how much Carmi cares for him and how much he believes in him. So I guess time will tell. Um, we'll see. Um, there's not much else I remember about this episode, but, um, like I said, it was a surprisingly entertaining episode. I didn't think I would like it when I saw it was Richie, but I actually did. So until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Mimi, for your thoughts and share on this episode. Uh, yeah, not having, my mom was not to that extreme. Man, she had something. <laughs> she remains undiagnosed. Actually, I know she deals with deep depression and anxiety. Um, not quite bipolar, even though it may have felt like it before she got her, uh, what the hell did she get? Her, her uh, hysterectomy. She <laughs> Once the hysterectomy came out, she kind of mellowed. So it could have actually been, uh, I don't know, a combination of a lot of shit, but man, walking in your door and being called a bitch is not something that is normal. <laughs> when you 17, like, oh my God, I just got here. <laughs> uh, but yes, yes, that would, I, I figured as much, but. You know, I didn't, I ain't putting out people's business out there, but yeah, definitely for a lot of people, I'm sure hashtag triggered. And then the other people that like never dealt with it, they're like, what is this? Oh my God, abuse. <laughs> and then I'm glad it made up people uncomfortable because then you can understand a, how strong you have to be to get out of that situation and b what it means to have your mind warped by said beginning in life. But I will be curious to see if she comes back now that we've seen um, Tiffany back, the actress, even though it was for one small little scene. And I agree. I think she definitely does love him. But I got the other uh, indication because I recall that she was in college, right, when she was pregnant. So my guess is she got she they got pregnant. Maybe they were fucking around for the longest. And then she says, OK, we're having a baby. Time to get our shit together. Uh she was going to college. He was supposed to get the job. The job didn't work out with the uncle. And then another part, and I think can appreciate a lot further now that we have met Donna and a little bit more of Mikey is that while Carmi was off living his best life in New York, even though we know clearly has got his own issues, it was, it was Richie who was the one juggling both his mother and his brother. And he saw Donna as a mother figure growing up. And it kind of reminds me of what you said last episode, that maybe something triggered her, her more uh, excessive behavior that we saw there, or maybe the alcohol exacerbated something that was already there and undiagnosed. Uh, all of those things, all of those uh, bits shouldn't be ignored when it comes to Richie and what he's been going through the last couple of years. So, you know, he's got his best friend and someone he loves like a mother because he clearly doesn't have one of his own. This is the best next thing he's gotten. And this has completely taken over his life. And fair or not, or love or not, because he did it for love, he uh, he made a sac an emotional sacrifice. But I got the indication that after the loss of the job and then he decided to go work for Michael, that's when she just couldn't take it anymore. Like, I I'm giving you chance after chance after chance. How's their child, too? Their child's like... um. Oh, she's, I want to say five, six, some, some, somewhere between there. So 
years after she's probably given him eight years after lord knows when he lost the job maybe it's a couple of years after let's just put it there and not even just security but someone who could be her equal you know it's not just i want my child and myself to have a dependent a a dependable person that gives me you know who can provide it doesn't because she just got a promotion too so it's not even that she's not pulling her own weight so not only is she rising but she's done it while having a kid and you can't get it together it's like I love you so much, but I can't allow you to be a hanger on. I can't allow you to not give me more than just the love you have for me. And it doesn't seem like he had Indy. Clearly, we're still here at this episode where he's just now finding, even after their marriage is over, the the motivation, the ambition, the drive that he once had. All of that destroyed him. So I I love the way that they brought that together with those little tidbits. And I love this episode too. I gave it a 10 out of 10 because it was necessary, but it was always for me, Richie was the most annoying character. And if anyone said they hated his guts and wanted to stab him in the back alley, I wouldn't be like, I don't get what you're feeling. Uh, But I always saw that he had more to offer just in the idea of just where he was at and once again i love sydney and carmine i think they're very capable people but look at where their relationship is opening a fucking business and it boils down to something that is very much high schoolish behavior Because it revolves around the one thing you should always have is communication with your partner. If we're working on a science partner project together and you ain't talking to me and I ain't talking to you, I'm over here doing my thing and you over here doing your thing at your house and then we present it, well, there might be some issues, right? So at least he has come to the conclusion that I even need to talk to somebody when he's like, okay, I got, I'm trying to look for my purpose. He's looking in the books. He's, he's making an effort because while he was dealing drugs, I don't think he went to jail for like assault before. I don't get the indication that this is common practice for him to be on the other side of the law. So I do think he's gotten a few wake up calls and this was just the, and it came from the person he needed to hear it from. I'm glad that Carmi wasn't the one that reassured him because of course, when he sees him again, he's going to, but it, it was even further shown by someone who, uh, who kind of makes it a little clear. I don't know if it was explicit that she took the favor or she did the favor for him because Carmine believes in him. Like she's talking this whole time about time and how it's invested and how you don't want to waste it in every second counts. She's not wasting her time. Stop letting uh, Richie Stodge here. If she didn't believe that he had something to gain and that Carmine believed it. So I think after some time mulling over, all of that was in that ending scene. That's why I really loved it. Because it's it's not so much this show, everything that is spelled out, it's everything that isn't. Of course, I already knew about your mother, but you know, as stating, that's not, it's not an ideal way to be, to be given guidance into this world to to get the path into this world but i also highly respect and commend that and it should be also iterated it it doesn't mean it will break you you know you can achieve and you have achieved uh a lot and because you made the act of choice to not allow that to break you and i think too many people they they wall around in the misery of it all of the things that they can't control but 
in this life with this particular episode about how every second every memory it is the only one you get and then you die so why waste those precious moments wallowing in things that you cannot control instead of focusing on the things that you can and the the reinforcement of you don't need to do it by yourself you can there's much mad respect but you can find a team you can find support it's there if you want to send feedback like couch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic Pretty.